Chapter 2, Why Me? A reading from the award-winning book, Breaking Anxiety's Grip, by Dr. Michelle Bankston. The Thief of Peace. They stepped in like a thief in the night and stole from me and stole from my family. Has that ever happened to you? Things were going well, and then it happened. It being worry, anxiety, and fear. Almost like I'd given them a key to my front door, worry, anxiety, and fear let themselves in without even asking. Actually, I did give them permission. I listened to them, entertained them, agreed with them, and let them stay. I didn't catch their suave entrance or tell them to leave. What makes you think people want to hear what you have to say? What would they say if they knew you aren't perfect? If you don't take care of it, no one will. If God cared, if he really cared, he would have answered your prayers by now. Worry, anxiety, and fear are insidious. They creep in like a weekend guest and then take on a life of their own, moving in for the long haul before you even realize what happened. But in gaining entrance to my mind and heart, they stole from me. Worry stole my joy. Anxiety stole my peace. Fear stole my present as it projected into my future. And they stole from my family because I couldn't be truly present with them when I was worried about the past or the future. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heart Lift with Janelle. Drum Drum roll, please. We are so honored. We have been waiting. I have been waiting to have Dr. Michelle Bankston on the show, and she is with us on this glorious day. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Oh, it's my delight to be here. I'm just so grateful for you. I hope you know that. You image to the world, perseverance, resilience, and the glory of God, and dependency on God. And uh, I'm grateful that you are a doctor, a neuropsychologist. Is that how you would define yourself? Yes. Yeah, very impressed. I wish I could be that. <laughs> 62, I think I might be a little, I don't know, Michelle, you never know. Um, but it is definitely where God has led me in the whole study of, of neurology and psychology. And I'm, I love it. So you have an award-winning book that we're going to talk about today. In fact, it won four awards, Breaking Anxiety's Grip. What a title, first and foremost. We're both Ravel authors, so I'm very grateful to be with you. So where, how, when, and why? Breaking anxiety's grip. I know how fierce it is to find a title. 
Would you give us the backstory on that, where that came from your heart and where that title, why that title means so much to you? The first book that I wrote was Hope Prevails, Mm -hmm. Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression. And I wrote that really because I had so many people who came into my private practice who struggled with depression. And then I had people from around the world who would contact me and say, can you help me? And so God put it on my heart to write that book as a resource to those Mm -hmm. who couldn't come in and see me face to face Mm -hmm. in my practice. And no sooner did I get that done. And, and people said, will you write a Bible study? And And, and I'll be honest. I said, no. Oh, good for you. No. I don't write Bible studies. (laughs) I'm not Beth Moore. I'm not Priscilla Shire. I don't write Bible studies. But they kept asking. And I really felt the Lord say, you might not write Bible studies, but I write the best of them. He sure enough does. And so in obedience, I wrote the Hope Prevails Bible study to go with that book. And then as soon as I finished that, I had people reaching out to me and asking, when are you going to write a book on anxiety? One thing leads to another. Yeah. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> Whatever I write, I have to go through. Oh, we're experiential writers, you and I both. Yes. I know. My kids are always like, write a book on joy. I'm like, but do you know how you get joy? <laughs> they don't know. No. And so I, it selfishly, I thought, I know what I had to go through to write Hope Reveals mm-hmm. in the Hope Reveals Bible study. I yeah, don't I want don't. another heavy hitter. I really, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to write a book on chocolate, iced tea, <laughs> and the lighthouses of Michigan. I know. I, will, I love that because I love the lighthouses of the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Yeah. So I'm a lighthouse girl. I would love to read that book, by the way. So have fun and do that one day. <laughs> well, if the publisher would let me, but they were like, yeah, don't. <laughs> so I Michelle Bankston and lighthouses. Right? Yeah. I prayed about it and I really felt like the mm-hmm. Lord say, this is what people are needing right now. And what I didn't know, only God would know, is that it would release two months before a global pandemic when anxiety has just risen to an all-time high. Yeah, you you were writing over 18 million adults suffer from depression each year. I know that that number is also very close to anxiety. And before we went on today, Michelle, we were, t- I was like, I don't know which book to talk about. I love them both. Who prevails in breaking anxiety's grip? And they do go hand in hand, but they don't. And right. so you explained to me that in this short podcast world that we're in, in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, it would be very difficult and complicated to go deeply into both at one time. So hopefully we will have you back and we will talk about hope prevails and depression for sure. Um, but today we are going to give some deep focus, which we're not used to doing either in this digitally distracted world, uh, to anxiety, because in this particular season of holidays, we are entering holiday season still with COVID raging. Now this Delta variant, what's the next, right? So it's like, we're still here and didn't think we would be here. And so I also know that many people think anxiety is now just our way of life. I wonder as a neuropsychologist, as a doctor, have you seen an increase or is it a different kind of anxiety? 
I've seen a huge increase in in anxiety. And the interesting thing is that it spans all age groups. Yes. So now we have even younger children more frequently expressing anxiety. And part of that is because they're watching their parents and their grandparents and their peers be anxious. So it's Mm -hmm. being modeled for them. But part of it is because they don't understand what's going on. That's and yes. Part of it too is genetic. There yes. is a genetic tendency. So if a parent has struggled significantly with worry, fear, and anxiety, children are more likely to. But we can't escape that part of that is the modeling that takes place in the wow. home. Wow, I hope you talk about that a whole, whole lot because that's certainly the heartbeat of what I do is trying to increase the awareness of how more is caught than taught. Yes. And yes, it is genetic. Epigenetics is now a lovely brand new, it's not brand new, but pretty brand new coming onto the forefront of our conversations, which I'm so grateful about as is trauma. And so I think I've always lived by that motto, more is caught than taught. And I pound the table with my, my clients in the fact that what is the emotional atmosphere of your home? What is it? You know, that is more essential than anything else in life. Would you agree with that? Am I like barking up the wrong tree? (laughs) I would say that the emotional atmosphere is hugely important, but I would suggest it's the second most important thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I know where you're going. I love it. Primary focus needs to be on what is going on in our thought life. Mm. You know, I used to tell patients, emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord has shown me that I was not accurate <sighs> when I said that because mm. emotions are really the outward manifestation of the thoughts we believe. Oh, Michelle, please share with us. Share with us your wisdom. So let's think about that with this whole COVID and pandemic, Mm -hmm. if we believe that we are susceptible and likely to get COVID, Mm -hmm. then we will start to be anxious about it. And then our behavior Mm -hmm. will flow out of our anxiety. If instead we recognize COVID is a thing, Mm -hmm. but God is still on his throne He is still our protector. He is still our healer. He is still our provider. Then we can recognize the fact that COVID is a thing, but not take on the worry, fear, and anxiety Mm. about COVID. And when we refuse to accept the worry, fear, and anxiety and stand on God's truth, then we can acknowledge the facts, but we can stay in a place of peace. Right. Which is... I know where everyone wants to be, but can't seem to find their way there. And what you're saying is not trite. It's not cliche. It is truth. It's truth, but it's hard too. It is a hard truth for sure. So I wonder what does that, what does that look like for you? Like how, how do you manifest that? How do you practice that? on your day-to-day in your own life? Like, I I just would love to know because I know you do practice it. (laughs) I do. And sometimes the Lord has to remind me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people think that when authors have written a book, yeah. they, they've conquered it. Oh, my you know, heavens. This means we've journeyed through it <laughs> and now we have a little bit more wisdom, but then we're still going to be challenged to apply that wisdom. So mm-hmm. for me, if if I allowed myself to go there, it would be easy to worry, what if my husband... Mm-hmm who has had cancer three times and is immune compromised. He doesn't even have a spleen anymore. What if he gets COVID? Right. Sure. What if he dies? Yeah. I see your face. I have to go, you know what? The Mm -hmm. Lord saw you through Mm. every difficult experience, 100% of the time. So even if that happened, Mm -hmm. God is still God. He's still going to see me through. He's going to find a way. And I don't have to worry. Instead, I can thank him that today he is healthy. He's not struggling with COVID. God has protected us and provided for us. So if I will focus on the truth and not allow myself to go down that track, because it's so easy to not even recognize what we're thinking in the moment. Oh, for sure. Yes. For me, when I start thinking, what if? I know I'm opening a door to worry, fear, and anxiety. Yeah. Without a doubt. What if is, I always say that's where the, that's where the worriers live. That's where we dwell, right? We're in the land of what ifs. Instead of Mm -hmm. saying, what if my Mm -hmm. mantra is even if. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. I want to dwell in the land of even if. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for adding to that. So what if tells me, okay, you've been believing a lie you're worried about something, you need to flip that and stand on the promises of God. Mm-hmm. You know, worry, fear, and anxiety, to sum it up, is really a misappropriation mm-hmm. of our attentional resources. Oh, say that again. You know, you can lean in here, Heartlifters. This is our lean in moment. This is heavy, but it's so important. It is. Worry, fear, worry, fear, and anxiety are a misappropriation of our attentional resources. Scripture tells us we cannot add a single day to our life by worrying. So if we are focusing on things that cause us to be worried and anxious and fearful, it means we have taken our focus off of God. Mm -hmm. In order to put our focus back on God, it means we've got to exercise our trust muscle. Yes, I love that. Exercise is definitely involved. Discipline is involved. (laughs) Obedience is involved. So there is a, go ahead. One day I was driving to work and I just, I had the pit in my stomach. My shoulders were heavy. Tears were streaming down my eyes. And I was just a bundle of anxiety. Mm. And I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it's like a Mm -hmm. whisper in my heart. And he said, what are you not trusting me with? What oh. part of be anxious for no thing? Yeah. Yeah. Are you I love not it. surrendering to me? And so that was an eye opener because we all trust God with you something. We do. Mm-hmm. You know, we trust him to keep us in the air in an airplane. <laughs> we Seriously? trust him for a parking lot. That's right. Yes. It's the littler things that we have a hard time surrendering to him. So he gave me an acronym 
for trust. Please share. This is in Breaking Anxiety's Grip. I can give you the page on Kindle. Let's see if I can pull that up quickly because I want to give the, all of you listeners. Yes, in Kindle. Well, never mind. Yeah, page 39. Yes, page 39. Freedom is a process. It is a process. And we will never fully arrive this side of heaven, but we can have victory. Mm-hmm. So in order to trust God, the T stands for take God at his word. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that if I'm going to trust God, I, I can't just pick and choose which scripture I'm going to believe and which I'm not. I'm, right. I'm either going to believe everything he wrote in his book mm-hmm. or I'm not believing any of it, if that makes sense. Oh, so I think it makes you, perfect sense. Yeah. Take God at his word. Mm-hmm. R is rest in his presence and his promises. Please let me read the def- dictionary definition. I, I am an avid student of rest. And um, this was this is right on target in my last book, Overcoming Hurtful Words. I talked about collecting strength in your soul, that that's what rest to me is. And this, you're right, the dictionary defines rest as refreshing ease. I love that. Refreshing ease or inactivity after exertion or labor, or to relieve weariness by cessation of exertion or labor. The Hebrew word for rest is nuach, to rest, to be quiet. Resting in God's presence reflects our knowledge that we are safe with him and that he will work for our good and for his glory. And the key there, Michelle, in the work that I do is understanding secure attachment. So when we understand that we are safe, that's one of the, it's one of the most critical aspects of life. We need to know we're safe. And I say inside of ourselves, most importantly, right? Yes. So rest in his presence. What help us who don't really understand what that means, you know? Are we laying in the grass? Are we? (laughs) It could be, or Mm -hmm. it could be when you're sitting in traffic Mm -hmm. and you're concerned that you're going to get somewhere late. If we rest in his presence, then we can acknowledge that perhaps we're stuck in traffic for a reason. Maybe there's an accident ahead Mm -hmm. that he's saving us from. Mm -hmm. I know. Zig Ziglar. Do you remember Zig Ziglar? Yeah, I do. I adored him. We saw him in person so many moons ago. And you just walk out filled. You you collect strength in his presence at that time. But he would always say, hey, it's car university, man. That t- At that time, it was cassettes. Make sure you always have cassettes in your car. So when you're stuck in traffic, you just hit the car university. I've never forgotten it. And now we have podcasts. So we're never without any options to educate ourselves. Yes. So rest in his presence. And I'm going to read in order to receive God's rest, we must first come to him by praying, reading his word, worshiping and repenting, knowing that we are safe in his care. I think that's so vital that you bring that to our attention, being safe in his care. Because doesn't that equate a place to be? No, but we, I don't think we fully embrace that. I know I didn't in my life. No, it was I a don't journey. think that part of that is because the world says, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I would absolutely agree. Yes, ma'am. That's not what God says. No. When God says, be still and know that yes. I am God. Yes. 
Yes. These are such lean in moments and such moments to take to meditation and to prayer, because I think the greater question for me, when I, I, back in the day, when I did write Bible studies, I wrote one called free fall because I had taken a challenge at 15 free fall out of an airplane to really test the material I was writing about, like what it means to trust God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was the question that he whispered to my heart was, am I trustworthy? Am I trustworthy, Janelle? I mean, you either trust, you either put your trust in him or you don't. Right. Because you're going to put your trust in something. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So are we right now going to put our trust in COVID statistics? Mm -hmm. Are we going to put our trust in the government caring about our health and well-being? Are we going to put our trust in a mask or are we going to put our trust in the God who says, I am with you. I am for you. I'm your rock. I'm your redeemer. Mm -hmm. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. Right. Without a doubt. I think that's the deeper work being done in my own life. It's definitely the deeper work that I feel I'm being called to help others with is that regardless of what is swirling and whirling and twirling around us, global pandemics, uh, you know, I always think of Corey Ten Boom a million times, the hiding place. I think her sister Betsy in the concentration camp saying, Jesus, look to Jesus. Corey, look to Jesus. You know, Betsy doesn't get a lot of credit. Corey Ten Boom, you know, but I mean, I I wanna, I wanna hope. I wanna hope. <laughs> that I could have that faith in these situations, you know, and our, our trust muscles do need to be exercised. And that's what you're calling us to today. I think to pick up the word of God before we pick up anything else in our lives to pick up faith, surround ourselves with faith speaking men and women, you know, but most of all to sit with ourselves and ask ourselves, right? Do I really think you're trustworthy? You know, part of resting in his presence is relying on the promises he's given us because when God says, I will, Mm. it's a done deal. It's done. God has never broken a promise. Mm -hmm. So we can rely on those promises Mm-hmm. That's part of trusting is recognizing, wow, God has a 100% track record. I don't know anybody else who does. I don't either. I don't. No. I'm going to let you down. I yes, as I you, will. But I am going to let you down. I am, gonna, I am going to definitely disappoint. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm a human being. Correct. All right. So we're going to take God at his word. Yes. We are going to learn how to rest in his presence. That's going to be my awareness this week. My definite prayer, Father God, I rest in your presence. That is spoken to me deeply again. All right. What's the you? And then you, this is so important. This gave me so much freedom. You understand that the outcome doesn't (sighs) depend on us. Oh, everyone take a deep sigh. Oh my gosh, I I need this one too. (laughs) 
understand the outcome doesn't depend on us. We get so caught up in trying to make things happen. When our focus needs to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? And when we are obedient, then we can say, okay, God, now it's up to you to do what only you can do. Oh, Michelle. depend on us. If we're doing what he's asked to to do in obedience, he'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. That took so much weight off my shoulders. Yeah. I was going to say, what is, how did you do that? Give us your secret. It comes from us feeling like it's all up to us. I got to do it. What if I don't do it? What if I don't do it right? What if I don't do it well enough? Mm -hmm. What if people don't listen? What if people don't read? No, no, no. We just have to be obedient to what God tells us to do. And then understand that he'll take it from there. Right. And he'll Which do doesn't a much mean better job than we could ever. Right. That doesn't mean you just sit back and do nothing. Oh, you no, know, no, it no. means that you do it though. And what I loved about that definition of rest is the word ease. Yeah. That is my end all goal for every human being that I ever get to minister or work with is that they can live a life of ease. We are not to live a life of striving in the wrong ways, ego striving or whatever. So any personal story in your life that might help us understand that even more, how to understand the outcome doesn't depend on me, Michelle. You know, as a, as a speaker, Mm -hmm. sometimes when I go to a speaking event, I'll have like a PowerPoint presentation. And I might write or I might speak, but in all transparency, technology is not really my forte. And a friend was helping me do PowerPoint slides one day. And she said, I I just need to know what it is that you want in these. And I said, I don't know. I'm just so stupid. (laughs) Oh. And my son, who was about 12 at the time, was sitting at the table and he looked at me. He says, only if you believe that lie, mom. Oh boy, he called you out. Yes, he did. You trained him well. He did because yes. then I was able to go. No, Satan, mm-hmm. you do not get to play here. I am not stupid. I'm. I've been given the mind of Christ. I just need to slow down. Yeah, think through what it is that the Lord wants me to convey. Mm-hmm. Whether the slides are perfect or not. Yes, he's going to allow the audience to hear what he wants them to hear. Yes. Isn't that freeing? It's so so freeing. So what you're doing is you are bringing from dis-ease to ease. Yes. And your body, as we know, that body keeps the score. Your body is going to go, oh, oh, on the nervous system level. You know, you go from them sympathetic to the parasympathetic, all because as we go back to full circle from where you started with us, Michelle, because of your thought, you had a limiting belief, you had a negative thought, you had a very shameful thought. I get it. You know, I definitely understand it. And I know all you guys understand, you know, how many negative, demeaning, oppressive, limiting beliefs do we have every day? But when we begin to practice that awareness, and I love you trained your son. I did. To and hold you was, accountable. That was so gratifying to realize yes. he had been listening yes. and watching. Like you were saying, more is caught. caught. 
and, and he tell. caught it. He did. And he brought it back to me. And I yep. didn't get upset that he brought it back. I was thrilled. Yeah. But you know, when scripture tells us, Janelle, that we are to take every thought captive and yes. bring it to obedience in Christ Jesus. Yes. As a neuropsychologist, I can tell you that's a lot of work because we have between 50 and 70,000 thoughts a day. That's nuts. And had I, had he not brought that one thought to mind, I would have continued to stew and fret and strive and work. And I would yeah. have been an anxious bundle of nerves. You would have been. And it really would have affected not only your household, the atmosphere of your home, as we were talking, it would have affected your body. It would have been in a state of disease and you would have not been in rest. Yeah. But also it, it, it affects your your work, your presentation, because you know, people really just want to hear you. Yes, there are visual learners like myself who love a PowerPoint, but I think Jesus didn't use one. So, you know, I'm always, I'm always reminding myself, you know, I like that. I'm going to remember that. I I say it all the time. He didn't have a mic. He didn't have a PowerPoint. He didn't have seven point, you know, maybe he did. He spoke from the power within the message that God, his father had aligned inside of him and he spoke it. And it was carried, his voice was carried and his message was carried. And it was so visual. People could activate their senses themselves, which is more powerful in the long run. I love it. I love it so much. So mamas train your children well. (laughs) And we, we talk a lot about the thought complex here in this community. So you are just making us once again, come back to basics in a sense, basics Mm -hmm. that our anxiety is absolutely can be genetic. All of the things I always say, get a doctor, have them check you out, vitamin D, make sure you have all the, all the necessary vitamins and amino acids and all those things. I always make sure people get a physical and and with a really good functional doctor and then begin the mental work in, in cohesion with that. Okay. S. Because I really love this one. Mm. Accept that God is sovereign. If we will remember and recognize that God is in control, it it does take the weight off. Like that silly example that I said, instead of fretting when you are in traffic and perhaps going to be late for an appointment, if you will recognize, no, God's in control. Maybe he had someone call me on the phone, which made me five minutes late for leaving. I don't know, but that could have saved my life. It could have. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So recognizing that God is sovereign Mm -hmm. and understanding that, look, nothing happens to us that isn't first sifted through his loving hands. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Including the hard stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It has to sift through his fingers. It has to. That's a hard, hard word. But it's such, these are hard truths. I know what we're talking about is such a difficult topic and it's not A plus B equals C. So I know Michelle and I, neither one would ever be formulaic with you that if you do this, this is going to happen. It's a practice and it's a process. I love that you say freedom is a process. And it's not for the week. It's not for the, I mean, it kind of is for the week because, you know, I like to say strength has many faces and one of those faces is weakness. And, you know, Christ tells us in our weakness, we will be made strong. So 
accepting that God is sovereign. If you, can I read just a bit? Cause it's sure. so, so good. Okay. In accepting, which I think is critical, God's sovereignty, we agree that he is the supreme source of all power and authority. Whereas we struggle with many things, nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. God can do and accomplish all things. Whatever he wants to do in the universe, he does. Ah, Nothing is impossible with him. This is just faith building me. I feel like I'm collecting that strength and that faith, and I will be able to better exercise my trust muscles. You know, I just got back from dry needling at physical therapy into this deep pain in my neck. And I have learned so much about putting pain into my trigger points and the pain that comes out of it is necessary for me to get to peace. So I'm like laying there going, this is modeling faith so (laughs) incredibly, you know, because I feel like sometimes God goes, you know, this just, this isn't good. This isn't good what's going on in your life, you know, and in physical therapy language, he just puts a little dry needle in there and he goes, oh, we got to release this and it's going to be painful. But the lasting effect is peace and ease. Love it. Okay. T. And then T is turn to the testimony of prior experiences. Yeah, I love this. I can look back over my life. Mm And realize God got us through several bouts of cancer for both my husband and I. It's miraculous. Through a miscarriage, Mm. through job losses, through loss of family and friends. Painful? Yes. Yes. But he got us through each of those experiences 100% of the time. So why would I think? that he won't get me through whatever I'm going through now or whatever I face tomorrow or five years from now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Janelle, you know, when, when we're hurting and when we're in pain and we're suffering, sometimes our memory can be oh. kind of short Yes, and that's okay. And tired why in the Bible, yeah. you know, God told them to, to make these stone pillars. He did. To remind them mm-hmm. of God's faithfulness. And so when you're struggling, if you're a journaler, mm-hmm. you can go back in your journal oh, yes. and, and realize, oh my gosh, God did get me through that. Yes. Or you can go back to God's word and see how he was faithful to people in the Bible. Yeah. And God doesn't take favorites. So what he has done for them, what he has done for me, what he has done for you, Janelle, he wants to do for your listeners. He does. And I think that links so powerfully, I think our work links so powerfully that when we come to a place where we have secure attachment, if we were not given that as an infant or a child or somewhere in life that was disrupted through a bully or through some trauma or through something. You know, it's going to take us some time, you know, to process that, as you're saying, and to to put some practices back in our life. So I think that's what I'm just hearing you say that every day it is awakening and being aware and accepting things. So there's a, a rhythm and a practice of even the deeper spiritual practice of silence, silence, stillness, and solitude of 
okay, I know you're faithful, God. The whole world is exploding around me, but you see me. To me, that's the bottom bottom line. And I, I love that it's so much in your work that if we know God sees me, if, if we don't forget that, then we know that he cares for us. I can know that here. And the longest journey is usually from our head to our heart. But I want to remind us, I want to build that, that altar today of reminding everyone, know God sees you, right? And let's review that. Take God at his word. Go ahead. <laughs> Rest in his presence and his yes. promises. Understand that the outcome doesn't depend on you. Accept that God is sovereign and turn to the testimony of prior experiences. You know, Janelle, Mm. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Please. God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. To remind (laughs) us of all truth. But what I end up telling patients all the time is he's given us that gift to remind us of all truth, but the Holy Spirit cannot remind us of what we haven't already taken in. So yes. it's upon us to be in God's word. We can't rest in his promises mm-hmm. if we don't know what his promises are. That's right. That's exactly when, right. When we talk about freedom being a process, Mm-hmm. That is so true. I haven't arrived. You haven't arrived. No way. I have a little bit of wisdom, but I have to put this into practice. Yep. And the reason is, is because we have an enemy of our soul. We do. Scripture says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He sure does. And so that process is not to get frustrated mm-hmm. when we mess up. And we forget what we're supposed to do because the enemy is always, always, always going to first go back to where he knows our weaknesses. Oh, without a doubt. I call him fatal footholds. He just knows he got that toe in the door and we get it out and then he tries to put it back in. Yeah. So I don't want your listeners to feel guilt or shame or condemnation if they're like, oh, I messed up again. Yeah. No, no, no. It's because mm-hmm. the enemy is crafty and he knows where your weakness was. Mm-hmm. So but as subtle. you continue to push through that and recognize him mm-hmm. and his tactics, you'll recognize it even faster next time and faster and faster. Yes. But and that's you know yeah. when you're weak. And that's when he swoops in is when you're weak. And oh. you know what? It's okay to pray, Lord, I'm weak. I need your strength because you have promised that when I am weak, you mm-hmm. are strong. Mm-hmm. Even when, and I, I feel like I want to add this even when, because <laughs> so fresh on my press, um, you know, even when we forget that he sees, actually, I really want someone else to see that I'm exhausted or that I'm suffering or that I'm not feeling well. And if they neglect seeing that because they too are exhausted from what we're living in today, everyone seems to be moving in some state of exhaustion or a state of mind of what the heck, what the heck. So I know that if, if someone else like with skin on, you know, like a husband or someone doesn't notice that I'm really coming unglued or ask how I'm doing or, 
if I am not practicing and remembering and reminding and feeding myself, then I'm going to be depleted and I'm going to get angry and frustrated, which happens, (laughs) happened last week, you know, and I'm like, Janelle, don't, you're getting depleted. Notice, look at the warning signs, right? We are accountable for ourselves and we have to remind ourselves. I think the rest piece is critical here that I have to rest. I have to build that into my life and learn to rest in this presence because that to me is what I store up to deal with this crazy world that we're living in. Does that that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And since we're talking about anxiety, especially during the holiday season, yes, so often anxiety comes out of unmet expectations. There it is. That's it. The expectations. That's I have what I was myself, trying to say. The expectations I have of other people, the expectations that other people have of me. Mm-hmm. One of the best lessons I learned is to go into the holidays and really let go of those expectations. Oh, thank let you. go yeah. of that expectation that that friend is just going to gush over that perfectly selected gift that you gave her. That's so good. Speak it. This is so Let good. Know of the expectation that the family is all going to sit down at the table at the same time and not bring up a controversial subject. <laughs> oh God! Let go of the expectation that you're going to get invited to every event yes. that so and so and so and so are invited to. Yes. If you will surrender those expectations and sur- surrender them to the Lord and say, "Lord, help me." Yes. To go into this mm-hmm. yeah. with eyes to see, to minister to other people instead of making it all about me. Yeah. And you'll find that your anxiety will lower and people are going to feed off the emotional current that you set off. So if you're mm-hmm. anxious, it's going to make other people anxious, but Without if you're mm-hmm. in, holding on to your peace, mm-hmm. they're going to step back a minute and go, what has she got? What's what she got that I don't have? <laughs> I think that's the, the greatest piece of wisdom and advice as we're trying to have an unhurried holiday because it will put our bodies, our minds, our souls at ease, which to me leads to a healthier thought cycle, yeah. right? Because yeah. the more anxious, more stress we place. I place it on myself, my family, my children don't place on anything being perfect. In fact, now they're like, mom, just put it on a plate. Uh, Mom, relax. Mom, stop. Come sit down. Enjoy. You know, my kids are all in their thirties. So I love it. You know, our, when our children call back to us and that is a beautiful affirmation that we've tried to teach them something about (laughs) living a better life and living a, a fuller life. I really want to ask as we're closing, Michelle, I was so intrigued by the fact that you tell a story where a teacher gave gave students a surprise test. I'm so intrigued. I've never heard this, which consisted of a blank piece of paper and a small black dot. Yep. Share the results of the test and how it relates to us and how we can maybe embrace this as we're moving into a typically hurried season that we want to transition to unhurried. This is one of my favorite stories. I can't wait. Because the students come in and they're expecting their normal tests that they've studied for. And and the piece of paper is turned upside down. 
so that they can't see it. Mm-hmm. And the teacher says, okay, when you turn your test over, I want you to write a paragraph about what you see. And the only thing on this white piece of paper when they turn it over is a teeny black dot. What is that? Without fail. Every single student wrote about the black dot, how dark it was, how big it was. Nobody wrote about the glorious white space, space. which just attests to how keyed in we are to our faults and our weaknesses and the faults and weaknesses of people around us. Instead of being grateful for all the blessing, we focus on the one thing we didn't get that we think we're deserving of. So as you go into the holiday season, another thing that really brings up worry, fear, and anxiety is competition. Oh, and I just that's a whole that nother show. <laughs> who's, who says that we have to have Christmas dinner on fine china? There mm-hmm. is nothing wrong with paper plates. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, then you end up spending more time together instead of cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And who says that the presents have to even be wrapped? Uh, they, my daughter lives in South America. Bags. Yeah. They, yeah. Presents go in the gift bag. And I don't worry about them having all coordinating, matching. Yes, matchy, matchy. Mm-hmm. I used to because Me too. Martha Stewart did it. That's right, man. Exactly. Now we have HGTV back. Now it's like 10,000 times worse. Right. So oh, we will Woo. focus on the, the white presence space. of the people. We will focus on why we celebrate Christmas and not focus on those areas that we feel weak or inept or inadequate or not as good. I'm telling you the anxiety level it will. will go way down. Yeah. And that's, that's true peace. You know, that, that is a true deep state of rest when you stop. I love the one of my favorite, I think it's Proverbs, fix your eyes on the path ahead. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. And I've always, I always bring that into mind. You know, Janelle, look straight ahead, girl, straight ahead. Don't look, go to the left. Don't look to the right. And that was the day before social media. So (laughs) now we're swiping left and swiping right and do all these swipes. And, you know, it's just, we're just inundated, especially in the holiday season with how we can have a perfect season. But you have brought to us such wisdom, Michelle. I, I am so, so grateful. I want everyone to go and get your award-winning ta-da, Breaking Anxiety's Grip. Um, we will still be talking about it here. I'm going to be weaving it in through the, the whole unhurried holiday here. And we would love to have you back to talk about Hope Prevails so that, that we can get some pleasure. deeper issue, understanding of how we can manage our depression. Thank you, Michelle. May you be blessed beyond, 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 and have a holiday season that's filled with peace and presence. It's been my joy to be with you. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.